Okay, hi guys. Welcome back to Stargirl. It's Emma. Today is October 21st, 2023. And um, today we have a very special guest, Miss Alexi Ilario. Hi. It's Alexi. <laughs> um, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Um, so I'm sure you guys all know this because I talk about them so much, but Alexi is one of the co-hosts of the podcast Nymphed Alumni, one of my faves. And actually, I, I'll cut this out if it sounds too simpy, but um, <laughs> Nymphed Alumni was actually what like, inspired me to start Stargirl. No way. Yeah, because when I found it, I was like, it was like at my most hater time. Mm. And I was like, this is the first good new thing. In Dude, a while. So nice. so, I feel like we're always talking about Stargirl, so the feeling is very mutual. I could have sworn we started like at the same time, but I guess not. No. Um, okay. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Um, okay. So today we're going to be talking about Jenny Kim, K-pop superstar. Mm-hmm. Alexi is an expert as well as like a museum of like <laughs> K-pop understanding fandom, etc. Yeah, this is true. Um, I started following K-pop in like 2018, I would say. And I just have like really strong fangirl tendencies and have my whole life. Uh, but K-pop is like really specifically engineered to engage those sensibilities. Mm. And I would say that my like k-pop addiction is now under control and i'm able to like look at it in a more objective way but there was a phase where i was kind of like deranged about k-pop like i learned korean yeah i was like basically only engaging with korean media for a while and now i'm happy to do a retrospective on one of the brightest stars of k-pop history um and you were in a documentary about k-pop fans right? yeah i was i'm also just realizing that i'm wearing the exact outfit almost that I wore when I was in that documentary, which is embarrassing, (laughs) but I was in um, an MTV produced documentary called Stan Accounts, where I talked about being a K-pop stan. Um, That was when I was in college and I was kind of like at the peak of my K-pop collecting phase. And so my episode was largely about like K-pop capitalism and like internal commerce and the ways Mm -hmm. that k-pop like sells collectibles to you in a million different forms i don't know i took a huge l on that and in in (laughs) retrospect in my like collecting phase and there are a lot of things about k-pop and like the commerce of it that are essentially just like gambling like Mm. the the way that you buy albums and collect these like photo cards is essentially like a gambling process and i've lost a lot of money through it just because like the one group that i was really into got caught up in all this legal drama and like fell off luna luna yeah um, okay and they fell off really hard so now like my overall collection has like no value your stock is down my stock is so down and i'm just i really don't think it's ever gonna come back up so (laughs) i'm trying not to buy k-pop stuff anymore because i learned my lesson okay so much there that hopefully we will get to but i've heard you talk about how with k-pop the music is like arguably not even that relevant or it's at least just one piece of like this Mm -hmm. whole world of objects yeah um and so for you when you say like you got really into k-pop like what what did that even look like yeah well it's so performance based and a lot of it is based on like live performances there's this whole circuit of music shows in korea that are weekly where like once a k-pop group releases a a single they'll go to all these shows and promote the song Um, And in each appearance, they'll have like a different outfit or like a different concept. They're obviously all really good and like the production value is really high and they're super synchronized. So I feel like that was my way in because I was just like really captivated by how good they were at dancing. And of course, they're all like really beautiful, Um, but also like the fashion and just like the general affect of like cuteness, like it Mm -hmm. was all pretty artificial, but something about like the colors of it, like I always say it's like Coco Melon for adults, (laughs) like you really can't. (laughs) look away and I was also just like really invested in beauty in general and so like I was feeling very inspired by their makeup and hair and Mm -hmm. costuming so did this interest like take you by surprise or were you like into related Uh, it did really (laughs) take me by surprise because I was really I I feel like a lot of people get into k-pop because of like general Asian fringe interest like, like, like anime, anime yeah. people yeah <laughs> which it was never something that was that I was like a huge fan of and I wasn't even like a a pop music stan generally because a lot mm. of the people that I know who kind of went down the k-pop pipeline were like 
gay guys who were fans of Ariana Grande or something. Like and Charlie like, XCX or yeah, something. Yeah, and their yeah. appetite for American pop like <laughs> exceeded what was available. <laughs> so I actually have a lot of friends who went down a similar path of just mm. being into like indie bands and then kind of getting into like more obscure stuff, like post-rock, <laughs> ambient music, whatever. And then K-pop was able to like have this hold on me because I hadn't listened to pop music in so long that it reintroduced me to like the excitement of this overproduced style of like mm-hmm. really really high quality stuff because I've been listening to like weird Japanese ambient stuff on YouTube that had like no visuals attached mm-hmm. um so it re-embodied music for me in a way that was really exciting I also bought a bike around the same time that I started listening to k-pop so I was like oh my god I can't listen to like this depressing like indie <laughs> music like I need something with a high bpm that yeah. will keep me motivated that's so fascinating the idea of like k-pop being a route back into popular music but like mm-hmm. pop culture yeah. in general and like almost um like safer or more okay to go through like this completely external route to mm-hmm. pop culture rather than just like straight american yeah. pop that might feel just like basic or lame or like yeah and i don't know there's like some kind of critique of orientalism or something mm, in here but like also learning about korea through k-pop i feel like was for me a major part of it like the people that you end up standing are real humans who like live in korea and they're like korean citizens and it is tied up a lot in nationalism Mm. and you just like inadvertently learn so much about korean culture through Mm k-pop and korean language for me was also like a big part of it uh so there was something very like exotic about it i don't know if that's like bad to say but like i felt like i was learning a lot over the course of my experience okay well maybe let's talk about jenny a little bit to give some context there so who is jenny kim okay yeah jenny kim is a member of the k-pop group blackpink which they're kind of commonly accepted as like the most popular or famous girl group out of korea i think they did their debut in 2016 Mm -hmm. they are a group that was formed by yg entertainment which is like one of the big three k-pop entertainment conglomerates in Korea. Um, They're often understood to be the predecessors of this second generation group called 21, which is like also a four member group that had this like strong edgy concept. And so Blackpink, like a part of their name or like lore is that like black is like the edgy punk side and then pink is like the girly feminine romantic side. Mm -hmm. So their music is kind of it's quite like clubby like especially their early stuff it's very energetic and has a lot of themes of independence or just like general badassery that Mm -hmm. seems a bit cringe sometimes but um i think that's why they were able to become so popular is because a lot of k-pop girl groups were more of this like saccharine like really youthful sounding i don't know like less internationally available like really really over the top cutesy stuff Mm -hmm. so i feel like blackpink and their more mature concept was able to like garner this widespread success Mm -hmm. yeah they do kind of throw down yeah they do they always have these like beat drops that are very like it's become a little outdated but yeah they're very like edm ish Mm -hmm. yeah totally um Will you just briefly, for the listeners who don't know, talk about Girl Crush? Yeah, sure. So Blackpink is really associated with this concept of Girl Crush, uh, which, like, I think it comes from the concept of, like, someone you would have a crush on if you were a girl. So, like, things that are enviable (laughs) to girls. Like, in more, like, standard girl group, there's always, like, a Girl Crush member, and the Girl Crush member is, like, the edgy one with short hair. So it's, like, somewhat, (laughs) like, weirdly lesbian-coded, but... Yeah, just, like, cool as opposed to, like, cute. And so it's really legible through fashion because they'll wear black military slash BDSM slash streetwear inspired clothes as opposed to, like, cutesy little, like, plaid skirts. Mm -hmm. They wear, like, combat boots or, like, those tiny shorts. Yeah, they're always wearing tiny little shorts. Blackpink is always wearing, yeah, some kind of, like, two-piece set that has, like, Mm -hmm. chains on it and... I mean, one of their concepts, Kill This Love, that came out in, I think, 2018 or 2019 was, like, super, like, brass and, like, military-inspired, and they were, like, literally doing salutes and, like, marching with, like, a giant group of girls. So they're very um, empowered. (laughs) Um, I'm just trying to, like, lay out, like, foundational things we need to 
get out of the way, do you want to just briefly describe the like training and debut system? Yeah, sure. So YG is like one of these super traditional entertainment companies that's been around for a relatively long amount of time. And there is this system in K-pop of like training where, you know, young girls are recruited from like 14 to 15, but even as young as like, you know, 10, 11, 12. Um, and they're recruited and they are kind of in the system where they're training every day with a larger group of girls. Um, so Blackpink, I think, was in like a cohort of probably more than 10 girls that were like all training at the same time. And you don't really know at this point, like who is going to end up debuting. So when you debut, that's when you like actually announce that you formed a group and you have like a debut single. Um, so there are a lot of sad stories of like girls who trained all the way with Blackpink or boys who trained all the way with BTS. And then at the last minute they were like, okay, this like dream was robbed from me. And like, mm -hmm. yeah, they essentially full-time are training in singing, dancing. I don't know, like training has become more complicated in the past few years because it involves like kind of social media stuff and like PR mm -hmm. and um, it's pretty standard for everyone to have like English lessons. Um, for members that aren't ethnically Korean, it involves like learning Korean for them. So yeah, it's just like overall full-time boot camp to prepare to become a K-pop idol. Mm -hmm. um, okay, at the risk of like forcing a metaphor onto this that doesn't actually exist, <laughs> like I'm just so fascinated by the like the, the difference of that system to like at least what consumers are privy to of the like American pop yeah. machine. And so I'm curious if you have thoughts about values that are like reflected therein mm -hmm. like the obsession with discovery of a star versus this training system that you're describing which is like no we're just like manufacturing stars and like we know this is a recipe for success basically yeah. so yeah it's it's interesting i mean i feel like there's kind of a parallel with uh child stars like it is kind of crazy to think that so many american pop stars came up through the disney system for mm -hmm. example but i think it's like with that, there's such high visibility like throughout the whole career. Like I think we like to see either someone get discovered at a mall or something, or we like to see, you know, being able to track someone like from conception to like to their like mature full form, like Ariana mm. Grande or whatever. So um yeah, I think the the main difference is that like pre-debut k-pop idols are kept quite secret or they mm. don't really yeah make themselves that available to the public like usually kind of hard to find pre-debut pictures of a lot of idols because the company will make them like wipe their instagram oh, wow. and like kind of start from scratch so it's always like controversial when like you see pre-debut photos of idols and they're just like First of all, they look really different because they usually will get a ton of work done. Mm. And you can just, like, see that they were, like, so mm -hmm. real. Like, there are all of these pictures of Jenny, for example, in school in New Zealand where she's, like, with all of her New Zealand friends and, like, <laughs> seeming so normal. But, yeah, it's really interesting. A lot of um, K-pop groups also come out of these, like, survival shows, which are, like, public broadcast um, shows. Like, the most popular one is Produce 48, where they have, like, 99 girls and they like do public voting and whittle it down into a 12 member group so stuff like that is like twice the other like nation's girl group came out of a show like that okay yeah cool. okay so when blackpink debuted in mm -hmm. 2016 what was it like an immediate it? I, I think it was pretty immediate just because their music videos actually like their first song boom Ya was a bit chaotic and like kind of more in line with with like second generation k-pop stuff so i don't think it like took many people by surprise instantly but mm. then they had this song doo 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 which is <laughs> yeah. like lol um but that video was like this kind of crazy production value where they had like a military tank and like just these huge really impressive sets that i think helped in them going viral and yeah, I think that video, like, it just had, like, this element of, like, absurdism where, like, mm -hmm. I would always show that to people who had, like, never seen anything about K-pop and they would, like, get the sense of the grand scale and, like, yeah. the energy. So, yeah, I, I would say that they were, like, a pretty immediate success just because YG was so established as a company already that is kind of, like, guaranteed almost that they yeah. would have some success. But I would say, like, doo doo doo, -doo was, like, 
game changer industry-wide. The point you made about scale is, I agree, and the like absurdism of, of it, but there's yeah. something like very sincere, almost like not self-aware or something. Yeah, and Blackpink is also kind of noted for like having these lyrics that are kind of about like flexing like they talk a lot (laughs) about like dollars and diamonds and like intimidation tactics (laughs) i think but it's so funny because like it obviously comes a lot from hip-hop and k-pop's like reappropriation of hip-hop stuff especially that like flexing lyrical content is so funny because like (laughs) black americans like talking about stuff like that has a totally different connotation because it's like oh like if you make it out of the hood and you like have diamonds and like money like it's like a success story, but for them, it's kind of just like, okay, like you guys actually are super rich. <laughs> you have these like contracts with luxury companies. So, that... and you're also just like tiny little girls. Yeah. Like, doing... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that that's starting to seem a little bit outdated in K pop mm. too, because I think people have less of an appetite for like listening to rich girls talking about being rich. Mm. Um, so, yeah, some of the newer groups that are coming out are more about like self-love in this like kind of mental healthy Mm. way rather than like self-obsession or just like flexing on other people yeah um wait the the point you made about rap kind of leads into the the roles Mm -hmm. and also i'm curious like was rap always a part of k-pop or is this like a recent addition to the world it's definitely like foundational to the origins of k-pop like everyone accepts that the first k-pop group was this guy named Soteji and the boys. I need to like look up when this was, but I think it was like it was like in the nineties for sure. Wait, let me see. And it was essentially like hip hop inflected, like talking about struggle. Yeah, so they were nineteen ninety two to nineteen ninety six, oh and they were like kind of b boy style, like wearing American hip hop style clothes and like bucket hats and everything after that. Like even when it doesn't really make sense, most k-pop songs will have a rap part (laughs) and like i think they just think that rapping is really cool like it's one of those things that like western audiences at this point are like kind of cringed out by but we can get into this more with talking about jenny but like Mm -hmm. koreans just love to see like a pretty girl rap really fast (laughs) for some reason and kind of be like edgy about it um so yeah, in terms of official roles, Blackpink has four members. So there is Lisa, who is from Thailand, and she's like the main dancer, but she's also a rapper. Um, Jenny is like the main rapper. And then there's Rosé, who's like the main vocal. So she's like a really good singer. And then there's Jisoo, who is the visual, which is kind of like a foreign concept for yeah, Western people. But it like there is always an assigned official visual who is like the most pretty member like by korean beauty standards so it's kind of strange with blackpink because like jenny is like publicly understood as like the face of the group but jisoo i I find that a lot of people like like western people and americans like struggle to understand jisoo but she just like kind of represents like korean beauty standards and Mm. like kind of has this like daughter-in-law image of just Mm. like lovability and like cuteness so yeah she seems kind of like less um like outwardly charismatic than the other three and she doesn't really speak english like the other three is she the only one that like grew up fully in korea yeah that's what i thought yeah Yeah. so the visual piece i was like oh does this mean like the the vibiest one like in the video where she (laughs) sings her part it's like the most like atmospheric background yeah no she just like (laughs) korean beauty standards are are very rigid and of course like all of the members are so beautiful but Mm -hmm. Like, being involved in K-pop, you'll get kind of an instinctual understanding of what the Korean beauty standard is. And, like, it is crazy how much Jisoo aligns with it. Mm-hmm. And, like, everyone just thinks that she's perfect. <laughs> yeah. yeah, kind of like, I don't even know how to describe. Well, we'll get to it because I loved what you put about Jenny's face. Yeah, so when we... <laughs> I'm excited to talk about her face. Yeah. When we get to the facial structure section, we mm-hmm. can go back to Jisoo. Um, okay. Let's just like go into full Jenny's persona and mm-hmm. vibe. So, I get, okay, so I don't know if I've told you this before, but I taught English in Japan for <gasps> no in 2016, 2017. And this was the first time that like K-pop was ever on my radar. And at mm-hmm. that point, like my students would be like, K-pop stole from J-pop, right? And it's like, yeah. uh, okay, K-pop and J-pop, like mm-hmm. simpatico, you know, <laughs> like same level of like yeah. worldwide fame. Anyways, um, years went by, I never like, tracked anything that was happening and then did you watch the netflix documentary about blackpink 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like years ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, obviously that's like made for Americans to be like, here's the basic information. Like yeah. here are all of the personalities, like air quotes, you know. Mm-hmm. And it felt like so immediately from that framing that like Jenny was like a standout yeah. among them. So I'm curious how does she set herself apart mm-hmm. kind of instinctually from the rest? Yeah, I think that she has just more of like a a Western appeal mm-hmm. um, because she was born in Korea, but then grew up, went to middle school and high school, I believe, in New Zealand. And so she speaks English, which is like a major access point for an American audience and just kind of has like a a slightly different attitude, it would seem, than the other idols. Like, among K-pop idols, there's just, like, this standard for them to just constantly be expressing gratitude and, Mm. like, be in this role. Like, Lisa, for example, is really good at it. Like, she's always happy. She's, like, always, you know, teary-eyed, thinking about the fans and how much love and how she doesn't deserve any of it. And, like, Mm. uh, I think Jenny just kind of has a bit of, like, a badass, like... It gaff attitude. Yeah, she kind of like devil may care. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other element of her, I don't know, like popularity is that she was born in this like really rich area in Seoul. So people kind of have this um, understanding that she is a golden spoon is what they call it. And her mom worked in the enter- entertainment industry um, at CJENM, so she was like a director, shareholder of one of Korea's most successful like entertainment conglomerates. Yeah, so I think people just, especially in Korea, like have this image of her that she's just like a princess, like she just has this very princess attitude and style. Mm-hmm. And she also just has like a kind of stronger personal style, I would say, than than most idols do. Oh, how so? Uh, the thing about K-pop idols is like they're often styled like anytime that they would appear on like a music show or like in a documentary or on stage um they're not choosing their own clothes but a lot of the times like when they're not styled like they just want to wear comfortable clothes so you'll just you'll just see them all the time in like sweats and like a big Mm t-shirt and like jenny i think maintained a really girly luxury style outside of those appearances so Mm -hmm. Yeah, people just associated her with, like, luxury. Okay. And it was kind of, like, seen as a little bit gauche because even in her, like, early days or, like, debut days, people would, like, bring up these pictures of her with, like, really expensive stuff. Um, and they'd be like, she obviously comes from money. Mm-hmm. But that made her more likable in Korea for some reason. Mm-hmm. Like, here, we would be like, oh, my God, Nepo baby, like, rich, entitled girl. But I think it's seen as aspirational. Like, her overall story... Isn't it all like rags to riches, but it's just a story of like a girl who everything worked out for, for her from the beginning to yeah. maybe now, maybe not. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So there's the princessy golden spoon mm-hmm. element. And then there's the almost like more relaxed than yeah. the other members in terms of like what she seems to feel like she like owes the fans or yeah. owes the world. Like that, <laughs> the lazy video you sent me of her with just like her shades on. And yeah. Her, so, like, <laughs> Doing my favorite not video at all ever. Shit. <laughs> so funny. That's so funny because like I, I think her attitude, it's often like a moment where you can like pull the curtain back on K-pop. Blackpink is also known for like not really having that many comebacks. So they will mm. release one album in a year or like even longer than a year. So people wait for a really long time for them to like come back with mm-hmm. new music. So you can understand that like a group that doesn't really have that many songs, I wouldn't blame her for in a rehearsal video, like kind of just going through the motions. Mm -hmm. But I think like the culture of work and just like the expectation for K-pop idols to like never really see them show dissatisfaction or just like always express gratitude and like not entitlement. Mm -hmm. Um, I think Jenny has been the the victim of that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, also, I feel like that more degaff attitude is also something that makes her feel more like Western understood. Like that's Mm -hmm. more of like, uh, like an American pop star affect of being like one, like shades on, like Mm -hmm. I'm not going to kowtow to the fans or whatever, but then also the kind of like mental health thing you know where we give a lot of space in the west for like mental health overuse injuries like oh these like performers need to take a break like which i feel like maybe feels like less of a standard in korea Mm -hmm. and then for jenny she's kind of like opting into that 
I have to take my time, my space, whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's definitely true. And she's been more open about that. Like her podcast with Dua Lipa, she was talking Mm. about vague (laughs) mental health struggles and how like she broke her ankle or something. Um, (laughs) It's really interesting to see, yeah, just reactions between the Korean netizens versus like the American fans is so interesting to me because like under the same video, like that one of Lazy Jenny, (laughs) Korean people will be like, wow, like she's completely wasting this opportunity that's been given to her. Like she hates her fans. Like people are paying money to see her. This was like a major contention point. Also, they just like wrapped up a world tour and there were so many videos of Jenny just like leaving the stage (laughs) randomly or just performing at like 10%. And it just becomes way more obvious because the other members are like so 100% all the time. Yeah. Um, I actually went to the show at (gasps) MetLife. No way. Wait, you're kidding. (laughs) I should have gone. I don't know why I didn't. I was like so on the verge because it didn't sell out. Um, No, it did not. Like I had like nosebleed seats, but then like the floor wasn't sold. And so this like random brand chick was like I, it's my job to fill the floor so we got no to go way. for free what are you so talking it, it was like insane Wait, I should have gone um yeah. but she was being really lazy yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's like her thing um and especially with, like with the amount of money that people pay I think that's where people were getting really wrapped up mm-hmm. um and just kind of noticing her like inconsistency like when she was at Coachella for example she was like so amazing and everyone mm-hmm. was like we love Jenny so much like her solo stage was amazing she was like so charismatic that it was like winning over people who had never heard of Blackpink before. But when it comes to like playing to a stadium full of fans, she's like, don't really care. Yeah. Wait, let's talk about the idol. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Jenny obviously had this part as amazing Diane. Diane. Oh my God. <laughs> In the idol. Um, yeah, I'll just let you go. Yeah. So, this is another thing where like the difference between Korean and Western fans was so apparent. Um, because it, it's quite clear to me that Jenny like has aspirations to be a more like Western style celebrity. Mm. Like before the idol came out, you would see her hanging out with like Petra Collins and like these <laughs> LA kind of like sceny people, which was so strange because usually K-pop idols like don't have that much of like an available social life to like mm. hang out. Like you would never see them in a club. But then we were seeing these like candid photos of Jenny, like kind of drunk, like with Lily Rose Depp. And everyone's like, what the hell is going on? But it it became clear that, like, that makes her really happy. Mm -hmm. And so the idol as this, like, clusterfuck of, like, L.A. clout people and, like, also a representation of toxic industry or whatever (laughs) um, was really fascinating. But the first episode of The Idol in which Lily Rose Depp is, like, doing this dance practice and then Diane, um, like, takes over for her and, like, shows her, like how to dance (laughs) Um, in like this very, very suggestive way that would never fly in Korea. Mm. She's so good though. She is really good. Yeah. It's like sexuality is like really implied in K-pop, but you would never do anything like simulating sex in that way. Like Mm. she like has her leg over some guy's shoulder and they're doing very like dry humpy movements. And so even the facials, like I feel like it's kept more like, modest or cutesy Mm -hmm. in the like black pink performance context but in the idol it's really like sweaty and kind of just more graphic it was very graphic yeah so that went super super viral in korea and everyone was just like what the fuck is she doing like this is so shameful this is embarrassing no one thought it was like cool like Mm -hmm. they're like no one was like she's doing amazing everyone's just like ew like everyone got the ick for jenny basically when that happened like a kind of desperation vibe yeah like a desperation vibe um and i think they just think that like she is so on top of the world that they don't see why she would like do something like this. It's like it also, lowly. Yeah, it's lowly and it kind of like deviates from her princess image, mm. I think. Um, but Jenny's also been like, she's had a few dating rumors with really high profile Korean guys and not that much has come out of it besides just like gossip. But YG, their entertainment company, did like confirm that she was dating this guy from EXO named Kai and then she dated G Dragon allegedly, who's like this huge second generation. Um, k-pop idol who was also like kind of significantly older than her so everyone thought that was strange and then there were a lot of rumors about her dating bts's v who's like also kind of like the male jenny like super Mm. it boy super high fashion super cool um Mm. so koreans just don't really like to see the like curtain pulled back or they just don't like to see that level of like not maintaining the illusion of like Mm -hmm. k-pop idols being available to the public um okay there's no kind of like coolness associated with like the pedestrian side of someone 
Like the and off-duty vibe is not a vibe. Well, they like like airport photos <laughs> and like like some off-duty stuff is cool, but I think that it, it's hard to explain why it was so poorly received. Like in terms of availability, I just mean like the reason why K-pop idols often have such like a limited private life is because fans like this illusion that you know they don't date; they belong to the fans. Mm. Um, they don't have friends; like the fans are all they need, type of thing. So them seeming like dissatisfied with anything more than the fans is oh. frowned upon. That's so interesting. like it's cute to see like K-pop idols hang out and collab and like go to a bakery, but they don't want to see like just seeing Jenny's desperation to enter herself into this world kind of left a bad taste in people's mouths. So yeah, the idol. Just really that like first episode was super viral in Korea and then people would post clips of her like acting mm-hmm. after that and everyone was just like, whoa, this sucks. <laughs> she sucks at acting. And Jisoo from Blackpink actually was like the star of this um, K-drama last year called Snowdrop that was really like wholesome and like retro. And everyone thought that she was great at acting because she's like so pretty, but mm-hmm. I don't think they're willing to accept Jenny as an actress. Um, well, I guess she's also now like multiple modalities like going into like an american system Mm -hmm. um wait there's something else i was gonna say about that oh this is kind of separate but the the character of her you were saying that like broke down this idea of the princessness that's Mm -hmm. ascribed to her but then i feel like it also added to the feeling of her as like villainous yeah like definitely obviously the character diane as someone who's kind of like snake like yeah. yeah It's it's interesting because, yeah, Jenny, I think, was so popular in Korea because she could oscillate really easily between, like, being cute, which I think has a lot to do with her face, mm-hmm. and being, like, Korean sexy and, like, being kind of badass. But I think actual, like, malevolence <laughs> being displayed is not something that people like to see. Yeah, mm-hmm. Diane's character was really so random to me. And seemed like kind of an afterthought. The overall like explicit, explicit sexual content of the idol is so not something that you would see. Like the K dramas that are like most popular in Korea, like like usually the way that like shows go there is that like the main couple like won't even kiss until like the fifth episode. Like mm. it's just a lot about like build up and a lot about like romance. I don't know. I think Korea just has like a different sexual culture, mm-hmm. and so like. It was just kind of grotesque for people to see, especially like the BDSM elements and yeah, the like sweaty, like the Tedros vibe. <laughs> like people yeah. didn't like it. Um, there's a song on the Idol soundtrack called One of the Girls that yeah. Jenny is like allegedly featured on. And I was listening to that this morning and I was just like, ew, like the lyrics are insane. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like that show in general really couldn't hold the tension. Like, I actually loved the first two episodes where it's yeah. mostly just, like, the rehearsal and then the, like, music video mm-hmm. filming scene. Um, but um, as it went on, it was just, like, I can't be paying attention to this. Yeah, there were just so many scenes that were, like, Lily Rose up trying to do, like, the idol thing and, like, failing. And everyone was like, oh, we don't believe in her. She's going to flop. And then she, like, does it well. And everyone's like, there she goes. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> as someone who's familiar with K-pop, like, I know what it looks like to like be good at dancing and singing right yeah <laughs> so it was just kind of pathetic to see her um her impression of that and also like the scenes where she was like allegedly like breaking it down and doing really well were cut in this way where you wouldn't see her actually perform totally. it was like close-ups just... of her face and then everyone's clapping it was like okay whatever um it's like shot of like sweaty under boob yeah like... <laughs> no yeah it was just it was just all a bit much for me and i'm not even like prudish or anything but i think that style of like coke fueled like mm. sexuality that the weekend represents like it was just so not actually sexy yeah because it was like not sexy but it also wasn't even like convincingly dark or urgent you know yeah. it was just kind of slimy i didn't really get the stakes i was like so yeah. the worst thing that can happen is like tedros throws like a bottle on the ground <laughs> and like <laughs> and lily rose depp doesn't go on a world tour like okay i, I just wasn't convinced that she was an idol yeah. yeah um wait anything more on that on the idol i don't i don't know yeah it's kind of like a meme among k-pop fans um because jenny has so few lines that just like saying her lines is kind of funny like when she's in the elevator and she's like it was jocelyn wasn't it it was just like what like you had one line like why are you so bad at acting um we can talk about this later like what's going to happen to blackpink generally but Mm -hmm. i think it's clear that jenny 
wants to be this kind of like multi-hyphenate cool girl it girl who is capable of a lot of stuff and like has a lot of celebrity friends but i think she didn't really deliver on that well i was going to ask you about her like fashion partnerships like Mm -hmm. obviously all of the members have luxury partnerships i guess but like there's something about Jenny being on the like Calvin Klein main billboard at yeah. like Houston and Lafayette like multiple mm-hmm. times where I'm like that seems really significant to me for some reason. Yeah, it does. Um so yeah, every member from Blackpink from pretty early on was associated with like a luxury house. So Lisa is Celine, Jisoo is Dior, um Jenny is Chanel and Rosé is Saint Laurent. And like Chanel, Jenny is like kind of the peak image that I think a lot of Koreans have in their head, like Jenny in like a tweed two-piece set. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's just so like also the francophile yeah <laughs> it's it's so like i think east asians have this like obsession with france that is like somewhat mutual but it is just like such a fashion core <laughs> understanding of like high fashion um <laughs> with like the chanel pearls and like yeah it just has like a very korean bakery well, vibe d- totally yeah mm-hmm. well two, two unrelated but sort of related things one is that i feel like more often than not in New York, the French bakery is actually Korean owned. Yeah, like Paris right? yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then also with Chanel vibes, it's kind of, okay, this might be a stretch because I'm not a fashion person, but it's like, <laughs> it is kind of like a grown up, glamorous schoolgirl yeah. vibe, right? Even just like the structure and the proportions is yeah. like, that's what you can graduate into. That's true. It's, yeah, it's perfect for like the East Asian market because this is something that like people always talk about when it comes to like K pop styling is that. There's always a lot of leg, like super mm. short mini skirts. Like showing a lot of leg is not considered scandalous, but tops are always pretty high neck. Like you mm. will never see K-pop boobs really. And even idols who have like bigger boobs, like I'm pretty sure they make them wear like three sports bras. And there's always like a bare midriff. So the K-pop silhouette is very well suited for like a Chanel two-piece set. Like there have been countless imitations of it in like music videos. It has like a uniform-esque mm-hmm. quality, but it's not so pedophilic mm-hmm. and it just has this like ladylike image that yeah. i think um koreans are really into and it's like so or was so well suited for jenny at a point <laughs> and isn't there this rumor that she was like one of the last handpicked by carl yeah i haven't investigated that i'll have to say but okay but i i feel like carl would would like her in his old-fashioned way like I feel like Blackpink also came out at the same time as like crazy rich Asians where people started (laughs) liking this concept of like Asian luxury and like new money. Mm -hmm. Um, So I feel like there's some association with that. Like people just love to see like a really chic Asian girl. Mm Mm-hmm. One thing that's pretty notable about her is that like she always has dark hair, which oh yeah, like, she doesn't do that like brown red. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like a vote of confidence in her that she is like left undisturbed (laughs) natural hair color yeah yeah that's so interesting um well i want to talk about just like her beauty well let's start with her face (laughs) you wrote about that so the main like charming point of jenny's (laughs) of jenny's face is her like full cheeks which is something that is not really like a part of the korean beauty standard checklist like for example Mm. jisoo's face is like the v-line face that like everyone wants to get surgery to have, but Jenny has like these full dumpling cheeks is what they call them. Her face is rounder. She has like a lower nose bridge um, and kind of like cat-like eyes. Like people are always talking about her cat-like visual because I think in Asia there's like this um, love for categorization of like a puppy type or like cat type. Mm-hmm. Um, so she definitely represents the cat side of things. Yeah, she um, has kind of like the perfect like cute but fierce yeah. face. It's because she's always kind of like smizing. Like, mm. And I think something that they do with her makeup emphasizes that with her eyes um long horizontal line yeah Yeah. um but she ultimately does have like kind of a baby face and it's very like neotenous so yeah (laughs) she reminds me a lot of when brats made these baby dolls called brats babies and i remember when i was a kid my mom was like so offended by them because she was like (laughs) why are they like babies like they had like toddler bodies and like round heads but their face was like a baddie like painted (laughs) on like full lips and like cat eyes with like a cut crease so that's kind of like her affect I would say and I think that's what makes her so interesting like she kind of has like a baby head on like a woman's body mm-hmm. um what else about her visual she doesn't really smile that much she has like kind of interesting teeth 
Like, oh, whoa. I think to look at them to you. Yeah. Let me see them. People often refer to it as like a gummy smile. Like if oh, she smiles she has, like, all the way. Gums. Yeah. And her teeth have like a little bit of space between them. <laughs> so I think she's like kind of insecure. Like she's always kind of like pouting and like doesn't talk much possibly because of Oh. Yeah, like not what you would expect. But it's so cute. Her smile is, is so cute. She is super cute. And she has like the eye smile, which is something that Koreans also really like when when you smile and your eyes are like half moon closed like that. Yeah, and have the like idiocell, the little like fat underneath them. Yeah, she used to have there's this like concept in K-pop of like aegyo, which is like cuteness in like mm-hmm. a way that is pretty cringe, but just like cuteness in a way that just like gets you what you want, you know? So like it's mm-hmm. often a part of fan service. It's like, oh my god, Jenny, can you like do aegyo? And they'll sing like a, a cringy little like song and like a baby voice. Um, so I would say that her aegyo has like completely disappeared. Like it's not something mm-hmm. she really is interested in doing anymore. Yeah, the transition from like being super Chanel Jenny to something like Calvin Klein, like I think she's probably more aligned with like Calvin Klein type stuff at this point because I think she's become more like edgy cool like wanting to be more international more western um the Jenny Calvin Klein collaboration like I looked at it and I was like there's nothing that I would want to buy it's like sports bra and like baggy jeans um and like a hat but her body looks really good in that giant billboard (laughs) oh yeah she knows she looks amazing we were starting to talk about like her as like a Mm multi-hyphenate star I guess like she is genuinely multi-talented right like maybe the acting was a flop but like she can dance sing she like photographs really well like she has a lot going for her in that yeah she does I think that's why her apathy Mm. is so annoying to the Korean public and like public in general is because we know what she's capable of, but she mm-hmm. is like not delivering that. And she's like inconsistent with delivering it. And you can tell when you can tell, for example, if she's like really, really into a song versus if she's not. Yeah. People have become kind of like really sensitive to Jenny's expressions of liking something. Mm. Like everyone's always noticing, Oh, Jenny's so happy when she's in LA, for example, <laughs> and being like Jenny's so happy when she's performing this one song, but like this other song, she like really can't be bothered. She can't do it. Yeah. yeah. And so I think it's just that, um, before she started gradually being like just more disaffected was she singularly someone that people like really felt an attachment to yeah definitely there was kind of an understanding that she was like the company favorite because Mm. she in i think 2018 was when solo came out which is like her solo song (laughs) which is so weird that it's also called solo but like it's it's not really that common for k-pop idols to like have a solo it's like something that's happening more and more but they kind of like set the trend on it and it was a pretty long time from when uh jenny did her solo to when the other members did it so it was like an obvious kind of like favoritism Mm. move and for the song to also have this content that was like about being solo and shining on your own like theoretically in the context of being in a relationship but people interpret it in this way that she like actually is independent and you know has this like a bratty princessy like too good for blackpink type of mm-hmm. vibe um yeah people just always understood that she had special treatment um like they would always point out that her outfits were better in their music videos she would there's this like thing in k-pop of like line distribution or like screen time distribution where people that. will like calculate how much screen time or how many lines each member has in a song. So it's a very like quantifiable way of seeing who's being given like main parts. Mm-hmm. And Jenny's always like very heavily featured, but it's because she's popular. Um, but yeah, there is this sen- sense of like fan justice mm-hmm. in K-pop where it's just like things should be evenly distributed. But she was like one of the most clear examples of company favoritism. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We've been talking about like the, the villainous vibe, the kind of betrayal energy yeah. that she encapsulates. And I, I wrote this with just, she gives me the vibe that she would be like, just like in a bad mood on girls night out and yeah. like not loyal to the girl group. Like that's a pretty like simplistic way to look at it. <laughs> but like, no, I, I feel that. like she's like a highly recognizable, just like social character, you know, yeah. like outside of the context of K-pop or even like pop stardom in performance. Like she seems like a chick that, you know, that like you can't quite trust mm-hmm. or something. Yeah, she. I would say one of the main traits of not only her like lifetime narrative, but also just like behavior is being high maintenance. Mm. And she makes it really clear when she like 
isn't happy or Mm -hmm. doesn't want to be there, which is just so foreign in K-pop. But it's like, I think people just don't really like to see K-pop idols as workers. Mm. Um, Yeah, just like knowing her full potential, I think really is, is her downfall. Because Jisoo, for example, is like, there are tons of videos of her just like, kind of not being great at singing and she's like not a great dancer mm-hmm. but people just know that that's like her trying her best yeah so she has like a little bit more leeway but yeah jenny's inconsistency and just like volatile moods i mm-hmm. think mm-hmm. um i'm curious about like how jenny portrays herself online like yeah. for the stuff that she's authoring about herself yeah. what's going on there with <laughs> yeah one thing that i find really interesting is that she has this like film photography account where she has like these lo-fi kind of behind the scenes photos of her life I don't know she hasn't posted on it in a while but it's still tagged in her bio and I was going through it today and I was just like oh can I see yeah (laughs) a story that I witnessed IYE is her bio which is really funny Wait, this is hilarious. This looks like out of time I know yeah I mean she hasn't posted on it since like 2021 so it's kind of old but the fact that it's still in her bio is really funny. Um, out of her like most recent social media activity, what seems noteworthy to me is that she went to Amangiri and was like posting a ton about it, which is very like American celeb of her. Mm-hmm. Um, Korean netizens, I remember, were like posting and being like, "Wow!" Like posting the the cost of how much it is to stay at Amangiri and being like, "Oh, like this is a place that a lot of American celebrities go to," <laughs> and kind of being surprised. But everyone's like, "Guys, she's like super rich. It makes sense that she's going there." Yeah. Um, but I, I think she still does a lot of like kind of fan servicey Instagram stuff. Like they're, or I guess like obligated to like if they end the world tour, like do like a long sappy photo dump with like a long caption being like, "This is the most amazing experience ever," and like, "I love you all so much." And like thank you so much for everything so she still did that but it's just like cute pictures of her kind of on stage um she also yeah we haven't even talked about you and me which is like her new very underwhelming solo um i mean weirdly it's not considered a music video it's like a performance video um but it just seemed kind of like low budget okay she's also like dancing with like a kind of anonymous guy the original artist from Sailor Moon did the cover art yeah which people were really obsessed with and it was just kind of like more, not actually explicit, but to do a kind of like direct address song that is about like you and another person <laughs> just has a little bit more of like a, a sexy vibe than what idols would normally do. Like solo was like about her. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know why they did it. Like it didn't really seem like good timing. Like, it's just like wasn't really that well promoted. And it, mm. it like a lot of the success of a, like comeback rollout has mm. to do with like the hype that they build up for it and usually there will be like a teaser or something um yeah i don't know why there wasn't like a real music video it just wait what's the distinction of a performance video so performance videos are like relatively new like there are dance practice videos which people really love because they at least used to be like like super lo-fi like just the girls like dancing in like mm-hmm. a practice room okay and then there's, like, the music video, which, like, has all these crazy sets and, like, close-ups right. of the face and, like, really glamorous shit going on. And a performance video is kind of in between, where it's, like, something that is, like, just the choreography. Like, you can see the choreography super well, but it still has, like, backup dancers and, like, an interesting set. But it's not, like, the full shiny object of yeah. a music video. But I don't know if they're going to do a music video. I think people are just, like, feeling weird about it. Um, <laughs> it's just, like, what? what are we supposed to do with this object and this, like, Sailor Moon fan art? I don't yeah. really know what context you would listen to a song like You and Me in. Okay, well, that is perfect segue because I was going to ask you in general, like, what do you think is, like, the perfect context to even be consuming K-pop writ large in? Like, because as we talked about, like, the music is, like, arguably ancillary to the whole yeah. thing. Like, is it... And also, like, do you consider it, like, social? Do you want to dance to it? Do you want to just, like, binge it on YouTube in your room? Like... Yeah. It is, like, kind of music for unemployment vibes. <laughs> like, because the only way you can possibly keep up with all the content is, like, if you are idle, like, ideally, and, like, have a lot of time on your hands. But I do find myself, like, I thankfully have a lot of, like, K-pop friends. And I think K-pop really comes alive when you are in, like, a private karaoke room and, like, mm. singing and dancing with your friends. Um 
I mean, that in and of itself is really interesting. That part of the fun of it is the like replication yeah. of it or something. Like it does invite. I don't know. It invites it's very people participatory. in. Very Yeah, a lot for. of people, like a lot of fans, do like covers, dance covers. I've gone to K-pop dance classes in the past. I went to Blackpink <sighs> K-pop dance class, and it really made me feel like in touch with the music. Like now, when I listen to it, I'm like, whoa! Like I need to get up and dance yeah. right now. Um, <laughs> but also, you kind of get empathy for what they're doing because, mm-hmm. like, when you're seeing them like singing and dancing at the same time, like it looks so effortless, but. Shit's really hard. Um, Wait, are, when you go to a K-pop dance class, are you learning like the choreography from the videos? Yes. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. So that's kind of also why like performance videos as a category became a thing because like people just w- will watch those just to learn the dance uh-huh. because it doesn't have any cuts and it doesn't have any like, I don't know, anything interrupting like you being able to see very clearly what is being done <laughs> with the yeah. choreography. No, it reminds me of like, um, you know, like Wildebeest. Yes, yeah. in that era of just like oh, right, like so studio funny. session. Yeah, yeah, that's so real. There are a lot of these like like because I essentially live in Times Square. Like there are a lot of K-pop dance cover groups that will do like K-pop in public. Um, mm. Have you ever heard Blackpink in a dance space? There are like K-pop club nights. I haven't really been to any of them, but I mean. I imagine, like, it plays at the club in Korea, mm-hmm. so... Like, I spend a lot of time in Koreatown, but, like, with my normal friends, if we're, like, getting ready for a night out or, like, hanging out at a party, I just know my boundaries, and I will not subject people to K-pop, I think. It's it's not really, like, embarrassment. I just think that it has such, like, a different quality than yeah Western music. Like, you can just tell... Even, like, there are a lot of songs that are, like, K-pop, but they're in English. And, Mm -hmm. like, idols will do English versions of songs. And that's when you realize, like, whoa, like, I really wouldn't like this if, like, a Western artist put it out. (laughs) Like, you kind of just like it because, like, you're so attached to them. Mm -hmm. And that's a a big thing with Blackpink, too, is because their comebacks are so infrequent. Like, you, like, I was waiting, like, a year plus for new music from them and then would, like, hear it. And I'd be, like wait, like, I don't actually like this that much, but then you kind of Stockholm Syndrome yourself into liking yeah. it because you just hear it so much. And so that's why they're kind of, like, too big to fail. Um, but everyone thinks that they're going to disband soon. Anyway, yeah. yeah. They did this, like, big... to, or Maybe it hasn't happened yet. This, like, big concert in Seoul to, like, wrap up their world tour. And everyone mm-hmm. thinks, like, that is the last... The end. Hurrah. Yeah. Yeah. Just because it seems like, yeah, they're running out of runway and, like, they're individual aspirations have become so definitive Mm -hmm. um and yeah i think they're they're ready to fly (laughs) but also like yeah the the group dynamic i don't think is convincing anymore totally yeah yeah yeah. there's this whole thing of like like at the beginning it seemed like their relationship is stronger because there are these girls who have like gone through this training process and sleepless nights and right they're like starvation yeah they're like trauma bonded but um at this point i think the trauma bond has worn off a little bit and so they're there's this notion of like are these k-pop idols like co-workers or are they actually friends mm. and i think blackpink <laughs> has like gone into co-worker territory mm-hmm. yeah wait to go back to the the music itself for a second mm-hmm. um what's up with the like egyptian vibes yeah this i don't so know fascinating like, to me yeah blackpink has been doing this weird with a few of their songs like kind of eastern snake charmery like thing the set at the tour was like the inside of a tomb you really? know like like but like scooby-doo version you yeah know? i think they just um it reminds me of like katy perry dark horse like there was that era of like edm music adopting far oh east how you like that for example was like another one of their big recent comebacks and it was like middle eastern bizarre like set and that like exoticism vibe kind of came out of nowhere but they're sticking with it obviously yeah i think it has like a a royal thing to it yeah yeah i I think that koreans find it like edgy (laughs) possibly (laughs) i mean honestly it works like i think it's fun yeah wait do you want to talk about new jeans at all oh yeah sure and i think you said something about Wan young too which i think oh yeah well i'm just fascinated by her have you seen the video of her next to sydney sweeney yes (laughs) yeah she is very like robotic and alien-esque but i love Wan young so yeah jang Wan young is this like the next jenny is kind of what everyone is predicting because she um i don't know she came up through the survival show system through this show called produce 48 
and she's super tall yeah she's also super tall that's kind of her nickname was like giant baby (laughs) because she was like (laughs) one of the youngest girls on the show but like the tallest and has these like insane insane proportions where she's like insanely skinny her face is insane yeah her face is crazy um and she came out on top like voted by the korean public number one out of 100 girls Mm -hmm. on this show and so just like instantly had this divine right Mm -hmm. and was in a group called Eyes One for a while, and that was disbanded, and now she's in this group called Ive. Um, yeah, essentially, One Young is like a giant baby, and she has that same like neotenous Jenny visual and like super long dark hair, but it's kind of more like explicitly Barbie coded, and like yeah. the cult of like popularity surrounding her is really unlike anything I've ever seen like I don't know if it's Mm. just like because younger people like younger girls are obsessed with her but like there's this whole genre essentially of like aspirational Wan Young content like these videos on TikTok where Wan Young is like this mascot of like having a perfect life and a lot of it is like kind of ED coded she's so skinny yeah um she speaks like pretty good English but has this strange accent that's like kind of valley girl so (laughs) when she talks it like sounds like the animated barbie movie type thing um yeah she just has a kind of like unreal quality to her and like is really really good at performing but doesn't have that like natural like jenny like jenny example has like swag Mm -hmm. i think wan young has just like a very robotic like people used to criticize her facial expressions because she would do these kind of like over-the-top facial expressions while performing like this like kind of dreamworks smirk and like kind of like winking kissy face like all the time Mm -hmm. yeah like super charming super cute next jenny i don't know because i don't think she would ever like let the mask slip and Mm. like ever show that level of idgafism but what is she criticized for? She's criticized for kind of just being like a pick me. Mm. Like there's this viral video of her eating a strawberry, as you mentioned, where she's like eating it in this way that's like so over the top cute that it's just like, oh my God, come on. Like, it's like real. as if she like can't possibly like eat the whole strawberry. Yeah, she's just so <laughs> tiny that she can't fit the strawberry in her mouth. Um, and just kind of like knowing, like I think she knows that she's the favorite. So we'll kind of like push herself to the front in like a group context and like mm-hmm. isn't that much of like a team player mm-hmm. um so yeah i think she is gonna take over jenny's status like it girl status new jeans is kind of interesting because like you wrote here like is there an obvious star girl out of new jeans and like not really mm. um they're so like next generation and so innovative that their music doesn't even have like a concept that would fit into like this old structure of like mm. girl crush all super young also so maybe the star girl will emerge with with time but just the fact that they their faces are quite distinct but like a part of their concept was like their un, untouchedness or just mm. like lack of of artifice so like totally the, the concept was kind of just like imagine like the prettiest girl at your school and imagine there are like five of them like they and didn't they're really, like in a field yeah like yeah and they didn't really wear that much makeup their styling was kind of like kooky but not so maximalist in the black pink way of you know like military chains like combat boots like they were wearing really blow cut outfits <laughs> when they first came out are you a fan of new jeans yeah. yeah totally i think that their music is incredible like they kind of got me back into k-pop because i was like whoa like it didn't really sound like anything that had come out before and it's so melodic or yeah it's very it's, it's very, very vibey, vibey. Yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's quite emotional Mm. i guess like and it's more like singing Mm, yeah Uh, a lot of it is very like sweet singing but i don't know like i'm I'm kind of critical of their their overall concept because i think it is so grounded in like that youthfulness and Mm. like untouchedness and the singing is so like sweet and and girlish i think their agency kind of like panders this like virginity yeah, <laughs> image, totally. which is like somehow creepier than some of the other stuff that I've seen in K-pop. Um, so that's going to be interesting to see how it develops once they get a little bit older, but they're so like it girl that it's crazy. Have you seen this movie, um, this Australian movie about like a girl's boarding school and some of them go missing picture at Hanging Rock? Oh my God. Have you seen that? Okay. No, but it's like so mood board and so rookie mag. Okay. I, yeah. I know you know what, what it, it is. Like, like yeah. that reminds me That was definitely on the mood board. Yeah. yeah. But also kind of like virgin suicides or yeah. it's like anything where like there's zero male presence. Yeah. I mean, Virgin Suicides is like a male presence. And it's but... like all the sun flares. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, New Jeans is so rookie mag. 
it's for me the first time that I saw this really like Tumblr inflected mm. and like genuinely cool and like not embarrassing form of K-pop. Yeah, it's kind of not corny yeah. in the same way that fake blowing up the pink military tank or whatever yeah. is like, okay. Yeah, the, the campness of K-pop, like, you know, you could get people into it. Like, I feel like I'm a pretty good ambassador. Like, if I'm just like hanging out, I'm like, let's watch K-pop music videos. Everyone's like, oh my God, this is so crazy. Mm-hmm. But um, they've just been like more whacked out by it than like actually impressed by creative vision Mm. um so yeah i think k-pop used to just be more like novel and more absurd but now it's getting to a place where new jeans represents like a acceptability Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah well is there anything else you want to talk about i don't know maybe if if it's not clear i really like jenny (laughs) i think she's really cool um you know, as I became like an adult and like a working person, mm-hmm. I am happy to occupy a Jenny like role in my workplace. Oh, um, wait, say more about that. <laughs> I don't know. Just like being cutely reluctant to do stuff and being kind of like lazy, like you can <laughs> make it cool and make it likable. Um, I think what would liberate her is like actually complaining and actually being a bitch. Mm. Like I think we can tell that she's holding back and we want to see kind of just like freak out yeah you wrote something in one of your comments it was like her bitchy attitude like making her more stannable because Mm -hmm. it's just like i don't know that is aspirational to kind of almost have that it's like the opposite of people pleasing right so it is yeah and you know people especially like western more like kind of gen z fans have latched onto jenny's attitude because like where Koreans see, like, lazy Jenny, um, we'll see, like, kind of relatable, like, mood, you know, mm-hmm. like, me at work, Jenny. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that that's quite cool, yeah. Like, do you feel like you have, like, a personal tension with her as a... With Jenny? hmm um, I... Or, like, something that feels, like, genuinely threatening and not just, like, aspirational about her. Yeah, I think that it's just, like, since she crossed the threshold into coming to America like it's kind Mm. of like in the Barbie movie where she like comes into the real world like she's she's super cool relative to like Korea stuff but Mm -hmm. I think relative to like American stuff she's kind of like not cool it seems like her desperation I find a little bit off-putting like I just want her to have more like confidence and like stop ingratiating herself with the weekend for example um (laughs) I just want her to like have cooler friends maybe Mm. who do you want her to be friends with like me obviously <laughs> i think jenny needs to but like to... who if she was photographed with would you be like okay that's pretty good <sighs> like jennifer lawrence <laughs> no she's yeah. obviously like the wrong generation i just love jennifer lawrence um that's a really good question i mean who do i stand hmm. like i'm like what does it look like if jenny is hanging out with olivia rodrigo is that just embarrassing i would find that kind of embarrassing yeah you know? i mean maybe like robert pattinson Oh, okay. Like, if she got into, like, Suki Waterhouse territory. <laughs> yeah. I hate Suki Waterhouse, but, like, if... Oh, interesting. I, I think Wait, Robert, why do you hate Suki Waterhouse? She's just, like, so mediocre. Okay, I don't think yeah. she's pretty enough. Mm. I think she's... I mean, she's obviously really pretty, but... Who else? Like, maybe Bella Hadid. I think that could mm. be good for her. She could learn kind I guess, of about yeah. style. But then she would get more, like... They would just sit around and talk about mental illness or something. Yeah. Addison Rae would be cool. I mean, <laughs> love her. <laughs> um, yeah. I just want Jenny to come to Dime Square, honestly. Well, that's what I was even just going to ask. Like, her in New York mm-hmm. versus her in L.A. Yeah, the fact that she's so, like, about. not New York. Yeah. I'm offended by. <laughs> yeah. Because I feel like she actually could be really well-received here. Yeah. And, like, that could make her feel much, like, whatever grittier and like more compelling Mm -hmm. um yeah maybe she's just not confident in this she doesn't know like the signifiers well enough to do it properly or something Mm -hmm. yeah i don't even know where she would go if she came here like there's this one um k-pop idol Young from the group twice who Mm -hmm. like weirdly is like into dime square stuff (laughs) like she came to new york and, like, independently went to Kiki's, which is, like, a yeah. Times Square eatery. And it was really strange. She was, like, eating there by herself. Like, that, to me, is very fascinating. But... I feel like Emrata could have her on her podcast. And, like, yeah. Emily would be really excited to, like, do a peace sign, you know? Yeah, that's true. That's definitely true. <laughs> She'd be like, am I doing baby hearts right? You know? <laughs> yeah, the finger heart with Emrata. Okay, we need to get Jenny here. And we yeah. need to get to the bottom. 
her vibe. Um, okay, sweet. Anything vinyl? Oh, not not really. Okay. Um, yeah, listen to Nymphed Alumni. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'll <laughs> link your K-pop episode. Okay, great. Yeah, I, I love that episode. I feel like I could make like 16 more of those. The yeah. developments in K-pop are getting really weird, but I feel confident in Wan Young's ability to lead us into the future yeah she's like i think you said like divine right yeah that's really palpable with her she's just so physically striking that it's like and serene or something Mm -hmm. she doesn't sweat she doesn't i don't think she would ever have like a similar jenny like sometimes like an anxious narrative like she is such a pro yeah well that video that i mentioned of her and sydney Mm -hmm. is so wild because i think like in a lot of ways sydney is very blank right Mm -hmm. and it's kind of just like okay like lobotomy vibes or whatever Mm -hmm. but her next to Wan young she looks like so eager and kind of like almost grotesque you know (laughs) and like her boobs in that context are just like okay it's like Like overflowing like just stop you know (laughs) yeah yeah i love to see unexpected combinations of like k-pop idols with western celebrities because it's like whoa like how are these people real yeah it doesn't even seem like same species you know that's so cool i need to hang out with one young yeah one young i I don't think even wants to hang out with anyone like her life's perfect i think she just wants to sit in her room and like open packages oh (laughs) yeah a lot of her instagram is just like her sitting in front of this like insane pr package with like balloons in the back that say like we heart one young (laughs) and like she always expresses like so much love for brands wow she's like a really good star yeah then, like she can really rise to the occasion mm-hmm. she'll sell That's anything him. i mean like she <laughs> will sell vitamins and like juice and the one thing that would that jenny is like a part like the star girl lineage of mm-hmm. korea is this like idea of being a soju girl like at mm. liquor stores they'll have these like stand-up cardboard cutouts of idols with soju to like sell them and it's not given out very freely like only jenny and i think irene from red velvet who you'll like see even here like on stickers at the liquor store okay that's actually pretty cool yeah but that that kind of like reinforces her like sexy image because like you wouldn't choose Mm. someone super super cute to do that like it has to be someone with a little bit of maturity who like appeals to people of drinking age yeah sweet okay well thank you so much alexi this was awesome yeah thanks for having me had so much fun i don't want to leave this is so peaceful (laughs) i don't want to go back to midtown (laughs) yeah well now the sun's come out it's like actually turned it around sweet okay all right well thank you so much (laughs) thanks bye guys